Good afternoon, although I guess it's a bit more of a pre-noon. You are listening to Action Line on KNY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me today is State Senator Jesse Keel. How are you doing today? Good morning, Jordan. Good morning, everybody. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right. It can be a hectic day in the newsroom, but you work with it. <laughs> so last time we talked a lot about education, and so I want to see kind of what's going on there now since we last talked. So the, the work continues on education, especially on education funding. Um, in the Senate Education Committee, we have been working on that base student allocation bill to raise education funding around the state. Um, we've been looking at some of the calls for accountability measures, trying to figure out just what folks mean by that exactly. Um, whether uh, we're talking about additional data, whether we're talking about um, uh, the state's testing requirements, which uh, you know take up a lot of hours that could be spent on actually educating kids. Um, and so we're, we're looking at whether there are things we can do there um, that, that uh, mesh in well with local control, right? Everybody in the state elects their school board and probably doesn't want me from the capital city telling them exactly how to educate their kids. Um, so, so we continue to work on that. Um, there are a lot of quiet conversations happening with our counterparts in the House um, looking at what they're interested in doing uh, for education funding. Um, and so uh, I expect that the Education Committee is going to roll out our funding bill and move it along toward the Finance Committee relatively soon. Um, the, the unfortunate fact is that education is one of the most important things the state of Alaska does because our kids and their future are so valuable to all of us. And the valuable things make the most important bargaining chips. And so I, I want, more than just about anything, I want to get the education funding issue settled. Um, and that's going to happen at the end. Um, unfortunately, uh, I, I, we could have moved it a month ago. We could have moved it on the first day of session, and it would happen at the end. So um, what we're trying to do is set that up for the best possible outcome. Okay. And so I guess the, and the question in that regard would be sort of, like, where is it looking with how we're kind of getting, sort of establishing, like, where are we looking at for the funding? Are you able to talk on that? or? Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm trying to do. Um, my goal is to raise the base student allocation by $1,000 um, for the coming year, so from this July through the next June. Uh, and then the year after that, an additional uh, $300, um, which gets us up to inflation-adjusted from 2015, right? That brings us level with what a, the school dollar could buy back in 2015. Um, and then the year after that, what we ought to do is look back at three years of actual inflation and adjust the BSA by whatever that number is, just so it just keeps up. And with a three-year funding plan like that, our schools will have the ability to budget, to plan, to know what they have to work with. Um, and, and that's valuable, right? That lets them spend more time on teaching, more time on kids, Less time on rewriting the budget, revising the budget, having a new public hearing on the budget. Um, don't get me wrong. How they spend money is important, and Alaskans need to be involved in that in every district. But I would, li I would like to free up uh, school administrators and school boards to focus on student learning. That's what they're there for anyway, right? That's, that's what they want. So um, if, if I can get that, um, I will declare total victory on all fronts. Um, there are some folks who have different plans. 
um, different values. Uh, there is a rumor out there that the governor plans to introduce something on education as well. Uh, and so that will, of course, be a major part of the conversation if we get to see uh, a proposal from him. Gotcha. I'll have to look into that, too. I don't think I was caught up on the, the sort of the rumor mill in that regard. There, uh, if it happens, I'm sure there'll be a press release about it. Oh, I'm sure we, that will happen. We all do that. <laughs> gotcha. Well, another thing I, I have talked to you about with you in the past is the marine highway systems. How are we looking there? Because I understand last time I heard you talk about it was a chamber luncheon, and they still hadn't released the schedule. Yeah. Um, the... The biggest problem the Marine Highway has in the very short term and the problem holding up the summer schedule, which, um, you know, they're, um, we've now gotten some sort of sneak peeks of, uh, is crew. Uh, and this just comes out of, of two dynamics. One was the massive budget cuts in 2019 and 2020, um, where folks who are okay making a, a little less in the private sector, because <clears throat> at the Marine Highway they can work two on, two off, see their families, have a life. Um, couldn't get shifts, right? The budget was cut so badly they couldn't pay their bills. So they went off and they took, you know, blue water, deep ocean contracts working for private sector shippers, gone three months at a time, but they could pay the mortgage, they could pay the rent. Uh, and, and a lot of those folks never came back. And then we came into this, what do they call it, the great resignation, the hiring problems that everybody has, um, and, and we can't get caught up. We now have the budget to run the ships. We have ships we can run, although that remains a mid- to long-term problem. And we don't have the people. Uh, and so we're working with the Marine Highway System to get that turned around. Uh, the hiring bonuses are getting bigger, as I understand it. Um, and, you know, they're training folks uh, to get your able-bodied seaman uh, credential so that you can be a sailor on the Alaska Marine Highway System. And with the federal infrastructure money, for which we should all thank Lisa Murkowski again, uh, we have the money to run the vessels for five years. And during that time, we have the money to start replacing ancient vessels, right? Ships that should have been replaced decades ago that are limping along and they can't keep to the schedule because they keep breaking down. There's money to replace them. We continue to push that, work on that. Um, the Marine Highway Operations Board is working on that. Um, and so... Uh, we're going to rebuild the marine highway system. We're in the process. But it's going to be another tough summer. Gotcha. And I know, I mean, I'm sure the listeners who you know, are across from all southeast already know that, but the marine highway system is essential. There's a lot of things that just cannot get done down here unless you have that established and has that solid infrastructure going. It is absolutely vital. And we feel it here in Juneau. Um, the <clears throat> we're going to feel it all summer with uh, fewer independent travelers coming on the marine highway. We're going to feel it all uh, all through our special events, you know, getting up to beer fa brew fest in Haines and, and going to play rainball and the fall, you know, late summer and fall um, and all the things we like to do and, and family vacations and, and our travels that we want to, you know, hit the, hit the highway or go to Whitehorse. Um, our neighbors, that's how they get to medical care, right? If you are a wheelchair user, a small plane is very, very difficult, right? The ferry works. That's how, you know, you fill the grocery store shelves in the villages. Um, our neighbors are absolutely, 
absolutely dependent on having a ferry system that works. It's infrastructure. That's how things get there. Um, and, and boy, anybody who thinks we're not tied right at hip to hip with Angoon and Huna and Haynes and Skagway and Gustavus and so on and so forth um, should, <laughs> should take another look at, at the economy, um, the culture. It, it's critical. And so we've got our, our work cut out for us, and we're just keeping our shoulders to that, to that wheel every day. No, definitely. In the in that case, it doesn't even factor in even like the, maybe the social aspect of it as well. You know, I you know haven't gone to UAS for college. You know, I have a lot of friends who are spread out all across the southeast area, and for a lot of them, the ferry is the main way they have to get around. A lot of them maybe don't like taking planes, or they don't have the money all the time to afford a flight, and so then that raises the problem where it's like you have people who just cannot get in touch with each other in person anymore if they just can't have the if there's no consistent ferry schedule and if the ferry keeps breaking down. Yeah, no, there's no question. And, and in fact, our, our plane operators are big supporters of the marine highway system. They know there has to be an economy in the, in the villages and the small towns they serve, or, or, or they won't have any customers. No, definitely. And speaking on, in, in, I always thought it very interesting to hear that the, 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 the pilots are big supporters of the marine highway system because you'd think because they're different forms of transportation, they might be competing with each other. So it's always very interesting for me to hear. It's like, no, they definitely want the marine highway system to have that funding. Absolutely. And and our region needs both. Just like every other region of the state has more than one form of transportation. You know, when I talk to my colleagues from Anchorage and the Matsu and Fairbanks, uh, you know, the state runs their international airports up there. Juneau runs its own. Um, but they also have the asphalt highways that connect community to community, right? Um, and the barge comes into Anchorage, uh, and so much freight comes in. That, that's how freight moves, right? It doesn't come on the highways. It comes on the barges. Um, that they have so much freight comes into their port, they've tried to rename Anchorage's port the Port of Alaska. Um, I, I'm, I'm always amused when they uh, come in and they say, every single Alaskan gets freight through this port. And I'm thinking, well, they should come down to southeast again. Uh, but, but the point is well made, right? They have a stronger, more prosperous economy with all their modes of transportation. And you need both. We need both. No, definitely. We're going to be taking a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. Welcome back to Action Line on KNY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis. At least I hope I still am. I don't think I've changed positions any time during the break. And joining me still is State Senator Jesse Keel. Now, we were talking a bit during our break there about, uh, there was some talk about pensions. Do you want to talk more on that? Absolutely. So, Jordan, uh, this, last, uh, this last week, uh, a new pension bill got introduced in the Senate. Um, it is sponsored by the Senate Majority Leader. Kathy Giesel, out of Anchorage, um, former Senate president. Uh, and and I have the opportunity to work with her on that. It is a little bit different than the pension bill I introduced, but I think it has really good prospects. Um, and, and, you know, one of my sort of principles is I really don't care whose name is on the bill that fixes a problem. We just have to get it fixed. So um, I have spent some time with her on, on preparing that bill, um, I'm going to spend some more time with her on helping to get that bill pushed through uh, as many pairs of hands as we need uh, to get that through the Senate and through the House and to the governor's desk. Um, and, and it's really, really important that we provide public workers in Alaska a pension. And we had a couple of interesting uh, bits of new information. One was some comparisons of the old defined benefit pension tiers to the current individual account defined contribution, it's called, um, 
retirement system that, that folks get today if they hire on with the state. And and they applied the most optimistic, rosy projections they possibly could come up with to the current system. They said, assume everybody makes more investment earnings than pretty much anybody makes. Assume everybody knows exactly how long they're going to live so they can draw out the maximum number of dollars without outliving their, their money in retirement um, and going on assistance, right? Uh, and, you know, investment advisors and professionals say, you, you can't do that. Don't take that much. You might outlive your money and end up destitute as, a, as an elder. Um, but they, they used every rosy projection they could, and every time, well, almost every time, all but two, uh, the pension system delivered a better benefit, a more reliable benefit, and it costs less money up front. So we learned, well, some of us knew, but the, the, the legislature as a whole learned that we've been burning money for an inferior system. So it is time to go back to a real pension, something that works and makes Alaska competitive when it comes to keeping teachers so we're not fighting turnover at the same time we have trouble hiring. When it comes to keeping state troopers and, and municipal police officers, keeping fish biologists who can go to the feds and get a real pension, higher pay, right? What? Why would they stay with the state? It's, it should never be a dumb decision to stay with the state of Alaska, especially if the state of Alaska wants people to do the work, right? Manage our fisheries, um, educate our kids, and do all the other things we need the state to do. So I'm, I'm feeling good about this new pension bill. It's, um, you know, it's not gold-plated. It's not, it's not beautiful and wonderful for every state employee forever. It really, we, I mean, we're gonna have a hard, we'd have a hard time affording that. But this is solid. It's something that people can depend on, um, and it's going to put us back in the game when it comes to keeping employees. So I'm, I'm optimistic about that. That's Senate Bill 88, um, and I, I think it's got good prospects. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's where we come with pensions. We're going to spend more time on the Finance Committee um, on some of those retention issues soon. I think there's some folks uh, who are of the opinion that if you just put more cash into the system we have now, which, remember, already costs more for an inferior benefit— We'll be fine, uh, and and I, that's not a good way to solve problems. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely doesn't sound like it. I'd also like to know. I'm very, you know, impressed that you're like. I don't want my name on it. I just want to solve the problem. I'd love to have my name well, on it, but that doesn't seem to be the the train that's moving. So let's just get it over the line. Exactly. That's sort of what I'm getting. Like, you just want the problem to be solved and addressed. Absolutely. Now, since since you bring up uh, getting things over the line with my name on them. Uh, it looks like the first bill to pass the whole legislature and go to the governor's desk this year actually will be one that has my name on it. Uh, it's a much smaller issue, but it's something a constituent brought uh, to my attention. Senate Bill 10 just passed the House unanimously yesterday. It needs one more Senate vote uh, just because there was a little change. Um, but that, that, I think, will happen on Wednesday. And that bill is uh, something for our service-disabled veterans. Um, uh, it was a, a veteran who brought this to my attention. When you turn 60 in Alaska today, we give you a lifetime ID card that lets you hunt, fish, and trap. No extra charge. If you're a veteran, an Alaska resident, and you have a 50% or greater service disability, um, so you incurred that while you were in our country's uniform, mm-hmm. um, you get a card that lets you hunt and fish, but not trap. Now, I, I don't happen to be a trapper, um, but but... This constituent came in and said, that doesn't seem right. We did a lot of research, and we tried to figure out why. Jordan, I'm not sure why they're different. Nobody could figure that out, and we did a lot of looking. 
The best guess we can make, and I'm just guessing here, um, is that a long time ago, uh, a service-related disability was usually something you could see, right? Um, and, and limbs don't grow back, and it's hard to go trapping in remote areas, right? Um, but today, we do a better job uh, on the battlefield, thank God, um, bringing people back intact. Uh, and their disabilities are often not things that are visible to the eye. But those folks um, can still enjoy active outdoor lifestyles, can enjoy you know, some of those out elements of Alaska culture. We had testimony from some folks with veterans organizations who talked about just how tremendously helpful it is to folks who suffered um, some of the modern wounds, right, um, uh, that, that, that harm the spirit um, and harm the, the mental health. Um, to, to be able to do active things, to get outdoors, um, to, to live uh, as Alaskans uh, long have. Um, and so I was really proud to introduce this bill and carry it. We're going to get it across the line here and get it to the governor's desk. Um, and it just brings equality. If you're injured in service to our country and the armed forces, um, that service-related disability, that uh, your lifetime card from Fish and Game will be hunting, fishing, and trapping too. Gotcha. And then that's very you know, encouraging to hear as someone who has a lot of friends who are veterans or have people that I know that are currently in military service. It's good to hear that they're going to have more of that support later on in life and hearing that if something does happen, then they're still going to have that support going on later on. Yeah, it's it's a small thing, right? This is this is not you know I, I can't change your VA benefits from here in the state legislature, um, but but it's something that Alaska can do for those who've served. No, definitely. And now, as I've done with you before, I wanted to open the floor. If there's anything else that you want to talk about that I haven't already brought up, feel free. Oh boy, you know we have so many issues we're working on. Um, I will talk about one thing that's happening today. There is a mining conference going on. It's at the Baranoff Hotel all day long. Um, and, and it is, uh, I think it's sponsored by the Miners Association, but it's got a real mix of presenters. I will be moderating a panel on transboundary mines. So we're going to have the commissioner of Alaska's Department of Environmental Conservation there. We're going to have two regulators from British Columbia coming in. There are a lot of concerns in our region about mines, some of them potentially colossal mines, on the Canadian side of the border. And the thing about water is it tends to flow downhill. Actually, it's real reliable about that. It did it yesterday. It's going to do it tomorrow. Um, we're downhill. And, and the salmon that we catch here in southeast Alaska almost entirely come out of headwaters in British Columbia. Um, you know, that's the Taku. That's the Stikine. That's the Eunuch. Um, the Chilkat, that's all Alaskan. Um, but... There's a lot of concern, and there has been for a long time, about some of these mine proposals. And some of the legacy mines, you know, you look back at the Tulsaqua Chief, it's been leaking orange goo into the Tulsaqua, runs right into the Taku River for 50-some years. Um, so there's going to be some serious questions um, for our Canadian, uh, our Canadian friends who've come down, and I give them full credit for coming to Juneau and talking to Alaskans about this. Um, and I've, I've worked with uh, the sponsors of this, and, and we've worked out some of the questions, and it's not going to be a bunch of softballs. So I'm really looking forward to that panel today, uh, and I, I hope that we'll be able to get some good answers for Alaskans about protecting that spawning habitat. No, definitely. And is that panel open to the public, or how does that work? You know, um, there, I don't know if there's a conference fee or not, but uh, I imagine a member of the press could, uh, could show up with their credentials and, uh, and cover it and bring the information to Alaskans who listen. No, most definitely. That seems very, very reasonable to do. 
And so I guess because we've got about half a minute here. You got any closing comments? Boy, uh, Jordan, thanks for having me this morning. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with folks in the listening area. Um, we're in the middle of session, so folks should call me. Folks should email me. If you hear about a bill or an issue that you think I should be working on or that I should be doing differently, let's talk. You know, I, I do this job on behalf of the people of northern southeast Alaska. Let me know. Stay in touch, right? Some of these things, some of my bill ideas come from constituents. Um, I want to make sure that I'm doing the job for you. So the phone number at the office is 465-4947. Or you can just email me. Keel is K-I-E-H-L, and the uh, the old Google machine will get you the rest of it. All righty. Well, Senator Keel, thank you for coming in. You've been listening to Action Line on KNY.